0: Hey, Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name is Gary. My name is Adam. And we're at episode 166. yee
1: Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown
0: up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear and it seems not a moment too soon
2: unlimited rice pudding etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. I am the doctor
1: great men are forged in fire it is the privilege of lesser
0: men to light the flame I'm the doctor this is Rose Tyler she's my plus one is that alright? that would be me hello surprise boom et cetera I'm the doctor do everything I tell you don't ask stupid questions and don't wander off
2: How can you new this? I don't like the colour
0: howdy howdy do who fans i hope you've all had a cracking week and that uh, you've managed to do something, something Doctor Doctor who who
3: related.
0: <laughs> i was just thinking you know the intro is going to get very long once jody goes in there
3: it is isn't it yeah
0: it is you can just imagine the podcast in like the year, I don't know, like 2032. <laughs> when we're just brains in jars. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, yeah, the intro is like, you know, nearly 10 minutes long. So it's got all of the intros of, well, if the show's still going at that point, obviously. I wonder what her first words will be. Her first words?
3: Yeah, what do you think? Because um, the moth has handed over to uh, Chibbers when her scene takes over for Christmas. Mm. So he's written her introductory line or whatever it is whatever we yeah. get so it'd be interesting to see i, I hope it's better than compelled is I, I don't like that thing about the kidneys i've got new kidneys, got new kidneys. i don't like the yeah. color what does that even mean it's it's
0: just a, yeah
3: i don't know i always found that a bit odd i always thought that was Moffitt trying to be funny but
0: you're not yeah. a fan of the old uh kidneys joke then
3: i don't know, you know? i just find it weird i guess it's because i've never understood it so i'm um, i'll tell you one thing i am hoping whatever her first words are i hope she does it in a in a native accent, because there's been a bit of a thing mm. about this
0: oh, uh, recently, yeah. this
3: week, isn't there, about fans voting whether she should keep her... Um,
0: what is it? Uh, what's her accent? Where's she from? Is it, has she got a Yorkshire accent? Is she slightly northern? I think is it... it Yorkshire? Yes, I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah.
3: I hope she keeps it, because <laughs> I, I, I always find it weird when people try and put on a uh, an accent. That's why it took me a while to get used to Tenant, because I was thinking, no, oh, just let him use his Scottish accent, stop doing that mockery, all right, mate, all right, governor, chat, you know what I mean? So I was always mm. a bit, so I'd, I'd quite like her to keep her native accent. I was, I don't know, the whole time I'm watching, I'm just thinking, oh, they don't speak like that.
0: Yes, it's very, um, it's a very interesting subject, that, because I know there's always a massive hoo-ha um, mm. around David Tennant and him not using his native Scottish accent. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it's quite cool. The way he handles it is quite cool as well. He's always like, well, I don't really, that doesn't really bother me. It was written that way. So I did it that way. So, yeah. But then obviously Capaldi came in as a Scotsman and does it, did it in his Scots accent. Yeah. It's
3: weird. Cause it, I think if you listen, if I watch deep breath, which I haven't watched for quite some time, but his accent definitely seems to have mellowed hmm. Capaldi's uh, as the series went on. Cause he's, I remember it's really quite, um, Scottish in the Deep Breath, you know. And I think he even makes a point of saying it, doesn't he, when he meets the uh, the tramp and all that. It's like, I said, I said, you know, I don't. I think I've only watched Deep Breath twice. Once when it <laughs> was on at the cinema, and then I watched it again. And I don't know. I'm, ne- I'm not I'm never sure quite what I make of that episode. We have reviewed it. We,
0: I think, it was one of the yes, one of yeah. the first ones we did. But yeah, but
3: Ten- yeah, I don't know. I'd like her to keep a native accent.
0: Yeah, it would be quite cool. I mean, I think Tennant did it very briefly in Tooth and Claw oh yeah up on the up on the hull you know mm. they, he did that little thing to pretend to be scottish for a few minutes but that was it
3: yeah and i like i remember liking that idea because i thought oh that's quite <laughs> good you know the way they they sort of put it in as a second story and it'd be yes. you know doing that so but i don't know we'll see we'll see what uh
0: happens with jody yeah i have a feeling she will just do her native accent i have a feeling
3: do you, yes. do you think, um, I was, oh, this is it's weird the things you think of when you're lying in bed at night? And in I was the thinking shower, about, lining, <laughs> oh <yeah>. no, I <laughs> know, uh, I was just sort of thinking the other night, like, I wonder how much she'll be in the Christmas special. And the reason I was thinking this is because I remember the director, what's her name, Rachel Tilalalalala Tilali, yep, yeah. I remember her saying, like, that she hadn't filmed any thing with the new doctor, which made people sort of say, well, is she in the Christmas special? And then, um, and obviously. I, we're assuming that's a lie. So we, we're assuming she's in the Christmas special. Yes. So I'm just wondering how much we're going to get. Do you think it's just going to be the very end bit again, or are they going to surprise us by having her in it sort of for a good 10, 20
0: minutes towards the end or something? I just wonder what the mosque off his sleeve, Yeah. you know? Well, these. I mean, these are things that I do think about doing yeah. everyday mundane things. So when I'm ironing or I'm in the shower or walking back from the school, run, I do think about, I, I, I get what you're saying, would it, be, would it be cool to have her in most of the Because remember we spoke about this many, many months ago. Mm. And we said about the regeneration. And I said, I've just got a feeling that it's going to be one of those teaser um, episodes for Jodie. I reckon she's going to be in it at the end, like they always do. It'll be mostly a Capaldi and sort of mock First Doctor story. Mm. And then he will be he will regen towards the end and we'll see Jodie at the end. But do you remember we said that it would be cool to have, to sort of throw a curveball in there? Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. So mm. yeah, what would be really cool is if Capaldi doesn't regenerate at Christmas. I think I remember saying that it would be really cool for everyone to have this big expectation and build up mm. and then she's not in it. And then he's in it at the very start of series 11. So he's sort of in the beginning and then he's in it for sort of 10 minutes and then we regen. But yeah. I know that wouldn't happen, but it would certainly be a cool sort of curveball to throw everybody.
3: It would. And I keep thinking about like if we had like Capaldi and David Bradley and Jodie Whittaker all in, <laughs> in like, you know, battling at the end. I'm just thinking, it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Yeah. Just intrigued to see what we get at Christmas. Yeah. Cause I mean, I feel a little sorry for Capaldi cause there's so much out there at the minute about Jody in the new series. And it feels like he's already gone I know, a little bit and I keep thinking, no, come on. We got one more great story with him. And, um, and I want it to be, a am saying great story. I haven't seen it yet. I hope it's great, but I want him to get a good send off, you know, and mm. I, keep, I sort of keep thinking there's so much going on in this Christmas special already. Um, it. I just, yeah, I feel he's got a little overshadowed a bit, like it's his regen story. But um, I don't know. I've, I've got a feeling it's uh, – I hope that it's going to be a good send-off
0: for him. I hope so. Mm. And the reason why I think that Jodie won't be in it until the, the last – the sort of final act, if you like, of the episode is because they're probably going to make the most of Capaldi and David Bradley. That's what I hope, yeah. Yeah, they're probably yeah. going to, you know – because it would be, they've sort of, you know, they've released all these publicity photos and David Bradley's in the latest issue of Doctor Who magazine and, you know, he's quite a big feature in it. So I imagine that most of it will be those two. I've just got yeah. a hunch about that.
3: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is not a bad thing, because like you say, Capaldi needs a good, a good final story, a good send-off. So he should take the, he should be centre stage that's Which what I'm i mean sure yeah.
3: yeah 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 that's what i'm hoping because i'm loving all the other stuff that we've sort of since so far or whatever but yeah i just hope he is center stage as mm. it's his last story he deserves to be yeah yeah
0: yes. Yes. Mm. uh talking of regens we've got our davison fifth doctor regeneration story coming up yes for, uh, that concludes revisits month we're going to finish up on on caves as it's known
3: the caves of Amazon, the caves of Amazon, yeah. <laughs> the caves of Androzani. <laughs> yes,
0: the one thing in well, the one thing of many things in Doctor Who that always throws the spell checker out the window. Yeah, it's like it my did show on, no- on Twitter. Yeah, show notes and everything that I've written up is just littered with red underlines everywhere mm-hmm. for Androzani. But we've got quite light news and merch. So, uh, otherwise, you've been all good, buddy. Been up to anything?
3: Um, yeah, so after our, listen after we reviewed the McGann TV movie last week, I was in the mood for a bit of McGann. Oh, yeah. um, and obviously, so, you know, there's not much TV out there, so you've got to sort of go to Big Finish. And um, I downloaded a little short trip, actually, which is, it's got McGann on the cover, but it's actually narrated by Carol Ann Ford. So he's not, mm-hmm. McGann doesn't actually feature himself on it, but it's like a little 8th Doctor short trip. And um yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's called All all Hands on Deck, it was called. And it's only recently just come out. Um and it kind of picks up a little bit from what happens at the end of the Eighth Doctor Adventures where right. he goes back to see Susan and there's quite a big thing at the end of that, which I'm not going to spoil for people. And it's uh yeah, it's nice. So I was quite intrigued to see to hear this one, to sort of um see what happens because it's quite a big uh what do you call it? Um uh, I don't know. I can't say too much because I don't want to ruin it for anyone that hasn't listened to that brilliant series four of the Ape Dogs for Adventures. But you know, there's a uh, yeah, there's something big at the end of it, and I just wanted <laughs> to see how they picked up from it. And it's a really nice little short trip, actually. And good thing about those is they're like two ninety nine to download, uh, and it's basically just Susan picking up the pieces from that um, from the Dalek invasion, and and she's back at Cole Hill School, and there's a piece of Dalek technology that's still sort of kicking off and yeah Yeah. and then the sort of doctor comes back and yeah i don't want to say too much because as i said it was uh sort of picks up very nicely from from events from the the last eighth doctor's Mm. uh, adventures and i I really enjoyed it yeah it's just a cool little short trip so that's good i always like it when i manage to get a bit of big finishing in the week and that was just perfect you know short little 25 minute story oh yes so so yeah i enjoyed that but um yeah i mean i should really be listening to all the other box sets that i've got because i've still (laughs) got a massive backlog like you Mm. uh didn't you listen to the uh, the new Doctors, no, old Doctors, new monsters thing recently.
0: <laughs> Classic Doctors. That's, that's it. Yeah, new yeah. monsters. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I re-listened to Volume One.
3: That's right. I saw your Facebook post. Yeah, yeah,
0: early on in the week, and halfway through the second re-listen of Volume Two. So yeah, I mean, I, I really like that first volume. You know, it's not um, like we said at the time; it's not going to top any polls, but it's a it's a good little release, and I've got some really interesting concepts and it was quite a brave release really because Mm. you know two of the stories are monsters that can't talk or oh
3: that's right the weeping angels
0: yeah yeah so you had the weeping angels so you know how the hell do you do that as just an audio only Mm. play but they managed to kind of do that and then you've got the jadoon who they sort of cleverly weaved in how you could understand Uh, that you're doing otherwise it's all that (laughs) business and then you've got the Sycorax who again you know they need some sort of translation so it was really cool I think I mean and then we have the Centauran Paul McGann story which is quite quite good yeah it's a solid Um, little release really it's good
3: I guess I, I've got to get you into the, the fourth, doc, uh, sorry, the eighth Doctor adventures. The, you know, the, the, the ones where he's traveling with the companion Lucy Miller, played by Sheridan Smith. I just, you're going to love them. And I always think like, because obviously I consider them canon. So, you know, I always think, OK, so the eighth Doctor meets Susan and then all this stuff happens. And I always think so, because I've always watched Susan to come back into the main series. Mm-hmm. I'm even hoping she might pop up at Christmas. And I just sort of think, will they? how will they handle it? because it's quite a big thing that happens at the end of that series and it right. you know and i'm just sort of thinking so will they carry that through to the tv show i hope so because as i said i consider it canon but it also does really complicate things in terms of the relationship between the doctor and susan do you, do you know what i mean without right. giving it away right. i sort of always wonder if um if she did come back how they would how they would get around that or if they wouldn't mention it or you know but okay. yeah, I've got to get you into those, mate. You would, I'd, I think, you'd really love that. I think they did four series of it, and they're so good. And they're all about yeah. fifty minutes an hour long, so then they're reasonable, you know, each standalone story. But uh, man, do they have a amazing final! By the end of series four, it's like oh, I remember getting to the end of it and just being sat, sat there in my garden, just like as the music rolled, just going oh my God, I can't believe they just did that. Yeah, it's one of those. And yeah, it sort of picks up nicely when the next series that they did, Dark Eyes, the Doctor's quite broody and not in a very good place. It picks
0: up really well from, from those stories. So I'm going to get you into those. Yeah, I, I did pick up a few of them. I think last did time you? we spoke about this, when you yeah. said about the Eighth Doctor with Lucy, and I, I did go off and pick up a few of them. Um, I got her introductory. Oh, the Blackpool one? no. The Blood of the Daleks, Part oh, One. Oh, Blood and of the two, Daleks, yeah. Sorry, I jumped series two. Yeah. yeah, then I got Horror of Glam Rock. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, which is quite fun. It's got the um, it's got a glam rock version of the theme tune, yes, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and I've picked up a few more as well. I think, I think I picked up a story which was titled Lucy Miller. Right. Well, yeah. As I was just doing a search for, you know, Lucy Miller, um, and there was another one as well which was quite good. I can't remember the name of it. I think it might have been. Oh, I can't remember. There was another one, Lucy Miller one, that I picked up.
3: They're really good, aren't they? They work so well together, those mm. two. And I really like yeah. Sheridan Smith. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But apart from that, mate, I have not been up to much. I've had no, no little treats through the post. I haven't been spending money. I've been really good. Mm. <laughs> so um, what, what about you? Have you had any, anything arrive recently? Um, any little
0: treats? No, mate, I haven't. No, I've got a couple of things that are on its way. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I haven't really yeah, not, been up to much. Who uh, stuff? I got a dispatch email from... Forbidden Planet today, actually, to say that my little first uh, Doctor Men, first Doctor figure is on its way. Based on experience, it's either going to be here tomorrow, or by the time we record episode (laughs) seventy-one, yeah, seventy-two, something like that. So any any time that Forbidden Planet actually plan on dispatching it, I will put some pics up and stuff when it arrives but yeah it could be any time from you
3: you wait yeah. all this time for a first doctor and then two arrive at once i know <laughs> it's the that'd way be the cool. i can't wait to see it actually so <laughs> this is the little
0: mr men yes uh,
3: first doctor figure they've released yeah that's uh that'd be cool i look forward to seeing that yes look it's forward a blast to a few pictures yeah
0: yeah and i think by the time this podcast goes out on friday which will be what the 24th the yep. 24th. Yep. I think the 10th Doctor Volume 2 will be out from Big Finish. Oh, it will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to shoving that into iTunes and giving that a, a listen as well. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. They've been doing like this countdown, haven't they, with hmm. these these nice um, bits of artwork, like two days to go yeah. and all this. Yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's quite exciting. Yeah. This is the one with um, Billy Piper as well, isn't it? So yeah. I'm quite looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, with old Billy. Mm. See what she sounds like on on audio
3: that seems like ages ago that i pre-ordered it as well because i pre-ordered it as soon as it came out because i ordered the limited book mm-hmm. to go with the other 10th temp- also limited book obviously i must <laughs> have the yeah you know, i can't possibly have part one as a limited and a standard oh no, oh, no so uh, no. yeah so i'm looking forward to, to that uh,
0: <laughs> dropping through the post yeah <laughs> yeah so that's it buddy yeah fairly quiet but stuff yeah. on the way yeah cool cool which is always good anyways Shall we land this big bad Tardis and do the news? Let's do it. I'm getting sick of this, mate.
3: It's part, yeah. It's part part of the life, though. I'm afraid, especially oh, I'm when right you, here. yeah, especially with a show. That's 50 years.
0: Yeah, I read you. Um, but yes, in sad news that we have to kick mm. off, um, unfortunately, Mr. Rodney Buse has passed at the age of 79. Those of you who have, um, who used to watch a lot of TV back in the, uh, I don't know, sort of late 70s, early 80s, I suppose, you'd probably recognise Rodney. Um, it, most famously in Doctor Who, he was uh, Stein in resurrection of the daleks yeah um I went on to do a few other things the likely lads Z cars everyone is in Z cars from classic i Food. know yeah we say that all the time don't we Z cars <laughs> um Dixner, Doc Green, all that stuff um yeah very very cool character in resurrection
3: yeah very i was cool. gonna say i mean I, I remember as a kid my dad used to watch the likely lads so mm-hmm. i sort of really associating with that. But um yeah, it is sad. I I I must admit I'm quite a big fan of Resurrection mm. uh of the Daleks and I i like his character because he's a bit different, isn't he? Yes. You know, he's got the stutter and um <laughs> I always love the the bit at the end where he's like jumps on the um it's not a console, is it? But he's like, Hello boys, welcome to the party or whatever and then blows the spaceship <laughs> yeah. up but, you know, what a way to go sort of thing. But no, I, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a story I really like. So it's sad, it's sad to hear that he's passed on. But 79 he was. Indeed. 79.
0: Yes. So Rodney Bewes. Next up, and our last bit of news, we've had a really yeah. cool... So last week we told you to keep your ears to the ground and your eyes peeled at the within the first sort of half an hour to an hour of children in need that was on last Friday <laughs> because they always... Uh, they always give us a little Doctor Who upcoming preview slash snippet slash trailer slash teaser slash whatever. And it was a pretty good one this time. It we was. Had, yeah, it was a couple of minutes long and it was uh, all three of our main cast for the Christmas special inside the TARDIS. Um, we had Capaldi and, and David Bradley as the first Doctor having a, what looks like a a brilliant time acting those um, mm. those parts out and then we have uh, Mark Gatiss as the as the World War One or at that his point in his timeline just the World War soldier because mm. that's a great little bit where Capaldi calls him you know judging from the World War One uniform and he's like one because obviously yeah. at that point he doesn't know that there's going to be a Second World War and all that stuff so that's great writing there um, but the, it's more the, the thing that that's awesome about that is the relationship between Capaldi and Bradley.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: As you would completely, fully expect, they don't like each other. Mm. You know, very much at all. You know, uh, Bradley sort of nailing this Hartnell esque grumpy. What what the you know what the blazes is sort all of going on? And Capaldi's just got his impatient crotchety kind of you know he hasn't got time to explain it all and and it's not until he shows him his sort of regeneration energy that's sort of leaking out of his hand a little bit um that the, the first doctor sort of clicks what what's going on and it's a fantastic little couple of minutes isn't it i can't wait it, for is,
3: it. is it really really wet my appetite for the Christmas special and like you i've watched it so many Mm -hmm. times i keep for for a two minute clip um the things that come through for me was first of all the chemistry between the two of them brilliant Mm -hmm. uh gattis as well very good um and it's really funny because it's like it genuinely made me laugh a lot of the bits that you know really hit the mark in terms of the (laughs) comedy in, in the space of two minutes like sometimes um the moffat his comedy just doesn't land for me and with this every single one did uh just i think because of just the way it was played i mean bradley just walking in it, the bit it's just the first few seconds even those i just love it because he walks in all like come and have a look at this he
0: bursts and, in, he's, he? and then the
3: doors open and he's like what's this what have you done to Matardis? i've been burgled it looks awful uh, and then capaldi trying to be all um all smug by guessing that he's world war one by the costume and then realizing he's completely put his foot in brilliant Ooh. the amount of brilliant one lines in this space yeah. of two minutes just made me think god if the rest of the episode is this good we're in for a real treat um i loved it and i just love the bit where Bradley's like enough of this what's mm-hmm. going on i thought yes he's you know he's really i'm loving him as the first doctor you know so yeah
0: i loved it mate i could i just keep watching it i really loved the clip yeah it's brilliant casting isn't it david bradley is so so good as hartnell and mm-hmm. also the fact they had
3: the tardis like the the we can confirm that can't we it's got to be um um, Mondas, Mondas, yeah, because yep. you can see the Tardis with that funny little sheen mm-hmm. outside. He's like, "There's
0: your Tardis." Yes, this, uh, yep. yeah, it's just so good. I loved it. It's awesome. It's so I can't wait for the um because you know before like these any kind of special like Day of the Doctor or the Christmas special over the years or whatever it might be or regeneration story it does carry that certain weight of um, expectation, doesn't it? That you know, oh yeah, you know you, you're definitely. Your expectations are definitely higher because it's a special. It's not just a run-of-the-mill, you know, mid-series episode. Mm. And I was worried. I was a little bit like, you know, how on earth are they going to spin this? Because it's not only is it a regeneration story for Capaldi, but we've got the first Doctor thrown in there as well. You know, and is Mark Gatiss's character, is that the brig? You know, is that the a young brigadier? Is that a lot of people have said that is that the young really oh, no, i hadn't thought about that no i don't think it is but Mm-mm. um so i was worried i was like how are they gonna or how is the moth gonna spin this into a into a decent story that's gonna be no longer than what an hour
3: yeah that's why i that's why i keep thinking yeah an hour yeah. so it's
0: not that long really when you've got it's no different than day of the doctor where you have you know three doctor characters you know, in that story and you have to push it along, but still have an enjoyable watch. Mm. So it is a challenge, but based on this clip, I can't wait. I think just watching Capaldi and Bradley are going to be so good.
3: So much Uh, fun. uh, Yeah. It's going to be, I get the impression it's going to be really fun and also really sad when Capaldi leads. Because I think it is, you know it is. We're going to be, we're going to be bawling our eyes out by the end of this. I'm telling you now, because it, I mean, I, I love him as the doctor anyway, but I think by the time he goes at the end of this, what looks like a really fun Christmas romp, I'm, I am just know I'm going to be in bits. It's, it's going
0: to be JD awful. Jodie comes on. I probably yeah. won't even
3: hear Jodie's first words. I'll be too busy wailing tears. Of, <laughs> of, of, sorry. Yeah, it's going to be so sad to see him go. Well, All I'm,
0: yeah. I'm going to have to be careful with this because I'm not in the UK over nor Christmas. am I. No, so, we're
3: both in the same boat, aren't we? Well, <laughs> Both in the same situation. Yeah,
0: because yeah, I'm going to be five hours behind so it's going to have to absolutely be one of those days where i just leave the phone switched off or have all the or just not have twitter open or anything because that is going to kill if i see like loads of stuff about his final scenes and his final line and and all that and jody's first line and i'm just gonna that's gonna kill me so we're really gonna have to be strict i know is it
3: yeah. And to be honest, it's, it's, it's just the fact I'm not going to be able to see it on Christmas Day is, is going to be enough to destroy me because oh. I'm going to be in the depths of goodness knows where in China and I won't get to see it until oh, the 28th or not. I can't remember. I, I won't get to see it for days after it's aired. And The only, the only good thing is um, where I am, I don't think there's going to be much internet. So right. I might, right. I might manage to avoid spoilers, but inside I'm going to be just absolutely
0: mm.
3: screaming because I will have, I'll have yeah probably be nearly a week after it airs until I get to see it. And oh, that's mate. going to really kill. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I just can't wait. Um, if there's any way that I can find it um, over there, then I will. But I, I don't think so. Cause we're going to be,
0: yeah. we're going
3: to be in the middle and we are literally going to be in the middle of nowhere to quote my, my catchphrase we really are this time so the chances of me seeing it from at the time are very very slim but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm it's, it's the thing I'm looking forward to today because I'll get back you know you have the holiday blues oh no the holiday's over but at least I'll have that to look forward to when I get mm-hmm. back you know I just hope yeah. I don't come back and hear oh it's really disappointing oh it's a terrible story and you know what I mean I just I hope I don't come back to that I hope I come back and everyone's like going oh my god it's amazing you know you're gonna love it and that's what I'm hoping. I don't want another Time of the Doctor on my hands.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean... Is, it's that,
3: is it Time of the Doctor? Matt Smith's yep. mess of a regeneration story, yeah.
0: I think so, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's going to be the opposite <laughs> for me. I'm going to be crowded by so many people. I just... I don't want to be around people. I just have to... Oh, yeah. Hoy the family into the hotel room in the evening. And I don't even know what time it's on in America. I think it's on, like, 6, 7 p.m. in the evening or something like that. hmm but even then, I know i miss it. I know I'm going to miss it.
3: Yeah, but you're like me aren't you, as well. I can't, like, I don't even try and watch Doctor Who on Christmas Day now because it's impossible with all the noise yeah. and family. I have to watch it, you know, when I get home and everyone's gone and, mm. <laughs> you know, there's no one around. I have to watch it in peace.
0: Yeah, no, I'm the same. Yeah. Kindred spirits. Mm. That's a good point, actually. I we'll have to let you guys know when we're going to be off for Crimbo because Adam and I will be away for a couple of weeks. So you won't hear our voice. You won't, we won't be annoying you. On a Friday for a couple of weeks over Crimbo in New Year, so we'll let you know soon when that's going to be.
3: Yeah, actually, yeah, it's rocking around quite quick, isn't it? Yeah,
0: so fast, crikey, Mm. Moses! Mm. Now, should we get our rusty friend in? Enough of this! (laughs) I can't stop doing. Yeah, let's get him in.
2: Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch, corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very
0: pretty. Only one bit of merch. Yeah. (laughs) He just
3: (laughs) come in, threw it on and out he goes. (laughs) Well, that's it.
0: Yeah. Didn't even have time to Drops
3: on the floor, dents it all. (laughs) Don't worry. No care.
0: Didn't have time to to ask how he was or anything. No, he's wheeled out. Although that is slightly worrying, though. Because that means he's rushing back to tinker with something he shouldn't be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Mm. I have to go
0: and check after we re- finish recording. to what he's up to. <laughs> Anyways, bookworms will love this. <laughs> um, the Doctor Who. Do you remember these books that came out? Have these been released singularly? Because oh, it does ring a bell. This Doctor Who Time Lord Fairy Tales. It does ring a bell.
3: Yeah, they've definitely been out before, they I'm sure, they're, unless they're a new batch of them, because mm. my friends got this, I remember her saying, like, you know, oh, I got this off off Amazon really cheap, and I was like, oh, what a lovely box set, and I was thinking, I wonder if I can sneak that in the house, mm. and I never got around to ordering it, um, but whether it's another batch of different stories or just the same in a new slipcase, yeah. I don't
0: know. Mm. Let's investigate, so, uh, basically, it's the the time, oh, this has been out before, it's like a, a right. paperback Edition. But these must be new stories. Yes, they are. Yes. So 16 little hardback stories all fit into this very nice little slipcase um, container, which looks quite nice, actually. Um, and all the spines are like uh, different colours. And one thing that I will say about these books, which you don't get annoyingly on the DVDs or Blu-rays for Doctor Who, is that the logos line up. Yes. Which is awesome. <laughs>
3: that does. That does
0: make a difference. <laughs> For people that don't get this, Adam's exactly the same as, as me when it concerns this sort of thing. But when I look at my shelf downstairs, I've got all the all of the classic DVDs and all of the Blu-rays and whatnot DVDs since 2005 as well. When you look across the shelf, absolutely none of it lines up. No, I know. <laughs> Not one bit. There might be like a handful of classic DVDs where they line up for a bit, but then something will throw it out. And that drives me bloody insane.
3: I know. There was no, no continuity at all. I remember Clayton Hickman saying like, how much trouble he went to to try and make sure it all, all the classic spines matched and stuff. And then, they, of course, they go and release all these other things that didn't <laughs> <laughs> completely throw In fact, he was saying he did that for the new Sharda release. He made sure that the flip cover That's right. yep. perfectly matched. And then they turned around and said, no, nah, they, they rejected it. So I'm really worried now what we're going to get. Oh, probably won't no. even get a flip cover. God.
0: Um, Actually, interesting. I know we're getting off point here a little bit, but a really cool Doctor Who artist, which probably most of you will know of, a guy called Will Brooks, who does a lot of the cover art for the Titan comics and uh, some of the Big Finish stuff and so on. I think Big Finish, or, you know, book stuff, you know, really cool Doctor Who designer, artist. Um, He actually posted on Twitter around the same time as this conversation of these really cool custom um, box set sleeves. Oh, yeah. That he did. And they looked really good. So he basically got these um, multi-pack DVD containers, you know, the ones that flip inside and you can put like 10 discs or whatever in there. Yeah, he'd, I know. Yeah. Yeah, He'd basically bought a dozen of those and just grouped all of the all of the series and classic DVDs and doctors all together. And he made these really nice custom sleeves that go in the case. That would be cool to do something like that.
3: It would, Some of the fan stuff was amazing. And, yeah, sorry to hmm. just keep off track for a second. But also, <laughs> did you see the guy who did the – because the new Series 10 DVD has no information on the discs or packaging about what's on any of the discs. And I was thinking, <laughs> blimmin' next, so somebody's actually gone and put together a really nice little booklet uh-huh. <laughs> with with the information on. And I can't remember who it was that did that. But I, I can't get over that because we were saying a couple of podcasts back how expensive – the set is <laughs> yeah. and we were sort of saying i was bound to come down and it come down about a, a pound <laughs> we were sort of saying well i'm not <laughs> going to buy it till it comes down cheaper yeah and so it's probably the most expensive um a complete series set's been on release and it's really shoddy it's like it hasn't even got you know any information on what's on the disc so you have to sort of put them in to find out you don't know who the commentaries are it doesn't tell you who's on the commentary. it's really shoddy for a, for a, you know, for a mm. complete, supposed to be like the definitive box set, isn't it? Um, and I didn't realise either that disc six or whatever it is, or the last disc is purely a disc of the fan show. Yes, right. Yep. Which nothing against the fan show, but blimmin' heck, that's so lazy. Like they haven't even, they haven't even put the, um, you know, the introductory Bill video, you know, her extended scene um, when she oh, got introduced yeah. with the yeah. Dallas as far as I'm aware, anyway, I think I'm sure I read that they haven't even included that. It is such. A, it seems like a really shoddily put together
0: it complete
3: does. set yeah. I'm I, I'm almost tempted to say to people get the parts one and two with the nice postcards because it seems almost better value really but I don't know I mean I'm not, nothing to anyone that's bought it because it's I'm sure it's a nice set but it's just in terms of the BBC putting care into their releases it's a far cry from uh oh, yeah. when we look yeah. back to the RTD era and you know Oh, you know, crikey. Those yeah. box sets are beautiful, like the menus and everything. There's so much care put into them. And the commentaries you used to get commentaries and all the apps. And anyway, I'll stop now. But, you you know, you get the point. <laughs> we read you, mate. Yeah. And we feel I'll you. Just, we feel you. And I've just been following Clayton Hickman, who's been sort of really, really sort of mouthing off about um, <laughs> BBC World Worldwide recently. And some of the stuff he's saying is so interesting. You know, there's obviously a lot of stuff kicking off at BBC Worldwide, and none oh, of yeah. it better. Mm-hmm. makes you worry about... Um, future releases, but I think he might be one of my favorite people I follow on Twitter, Clayton Hickman. He's, he's so entertaining. It he's seems brilliant. like he's kind of yeah. took the bars off now. He likes to, used to, you know, I think, um, yeah, he doesn't hold back these days and I love it.
0: Yeah. If you don't follow Clayton, anybody just go over to Twitter. His Twitter name is, is his name. Just do a search for Clayton Hickman. Yeah. And, um, it's really cool. He was putting some, he, he notices the smallest things as well. He, he was does, putting yeah. some, some pictures on Twitter last night or the night before of, um, uh, a couple of characters from Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, they had used, like as part of their badges on their uniform, had used like the leftovers from a set from Doctor Who from like 20 years before that or something. And he noticed it, you know, he doesn't... I mean, it's a trick. He notices all these little things. It's so cool. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't follow Clayton, just uh, you won't be disappointed. Like, a, And his, him and Will Brooks together, They their discussions about... The differences between all the different Doctors' TARDISes over the years is absolutely brilliant because yeah. they, they they can look at a Tardis and say that's the Pertwee Tardis from this year, but the door was changed to use it on this episode, and somebody and they'll name like the guy who painted the door back in 1969 or whatever, and they'll tell you in depth, just by looking at a photograph of like a piece of a Tardis, they'll say, yep, it was this series this doctor this guy painted it this removal van moved it to that set and do all from just one photo
3: and it's, it's thanks to them that we now know what the tardis is in the who shop although we don't want to we don't want to open that can of worms again but, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but yeah, yeah yeah but they knew straight away didn't they they were like no no <laughs> yeah.
0: those uh series 10 uh blu-rays and dvd still haven't come down on amazon you know
3: yeah it's just yeah. shocking. They're so so expensive, and just seems like they've really sort of rushed it out. Yeah, <laughs> shame on
0: you, BBC Worldwide. Anyway, what were we talking about? Books. Books. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So, oh, Doctor, the Time Lord fairy tale slipcase, sixteen hard uh, cover, little thin books, and apparently there's a new story that's been released for this one called the Emperor Dalek's New Clothes.
3: <laughs> In Vitalik's nuclear,
0: okay. Take from that what you will. Uh, basically, it says it contains legendary stories of monsters, mysteries, villains, and heroes from across the Hooniverse, a beautifully illustrated collection of dark and dangerous Whovian fairy tales. This slipcase is the perfect gift for any true Doctor Who fan.
3: Oh, no. I don't feel like a true
0: fan now. I haven't oh, got man.
3: it. Oh, man. It was. I'll tell you what. It's worth keeping... If you want this, it's worth keeping an eye on the price, because... At the minute, it's around about sixteen eighty nine on Amazon, but um, it does keep popping in and out of their Black Friday sale. Yes. So if you're listening to this when on day of release, then uh, have a look because it was going for a tenner, which is quite a nice little price.
0: Yeah, it was ten pounds. Yeah, the other day it's now sixteen. Yeah, like you say, sixteen. But yeah, if you're into this sort of thing, then keep an eye on stuff. Yes. Yes. So anyway. We didn't speak about the books for most of that, but there we are. There's the, the books. And that's going to do for news and merch. <laughs> right. Adam. What Gary. Are we, what are we doing for our last revisits? revisits feels <laughs> different this
3: time. Yeah. We're doing the Fifth Doctor's <laughs> regeneration story. The Kaiser Androzani.
0: Hand Major it was the becoming quite developed last time I passed this way. You so, see, the core of this planet is a superheated primeval mud. Well, its orbit, takes it close to Hand Major, the gravitational pull. Oh, I get the picture of mud baths for everyone. It reminds me why we came here.
2: Keep still! What
1: is it? Control also captured a of gas weapon. The Jet gets his hands on a gas to make <laughs> You're dying! It's called Spectrox I've seen dozens die from it. That's the cure. Home oh, is no cure.
2: Something is happening I don't quite understand. It's stinging. It's called Spectrox senior I've seen dozens die it
1: I? don't think he likes us very much.
2: Peter oh. Davison goes out with a Bang!
0: On time, it's all
1: over, Doctor. It's time to say goodbye. Say farewell to Peter Davison in the caves of Androzani. Starts tomorrow at 11:50 on UK Gold.
0: You gotta love those old
3: UK Gold. <laughs> wow, that's a blast from the past.
0: That is, and they used a different oh. theme in the background. It's like Orchidaria, a a... is
3: it? Very jangly,
0: sort of ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. souped up, jazzed up. I've heard that before. I'm trying to oh. think what that's from. Mm. You almost want to... Yeah, it's a bit...
3: I was going to say, I was kind of like swaying to it. I was yeah. like, oh, well,
0: Click yeah. of the old fingers going on.
3: <laughs> the, the Fifth <laughs> Doctor goes out with a bang. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> very good. BBC yes. announcer, very good.
0: <laughs> right. The caves <laughs> of Androzani reviewed first by me back at episode one. Episode one! So we've come full circle. Where it all began. Yes, our very last ever podcast episode, 166. (laughs) That's where we finished. (laughs) A joke, of course. Uh, Anyway, The Case of Androzani was first on our screens March 1984. It was a four-parter, and it was written by Robert Holmes, directed by Graham Harper, and overseen by Eric Sayward, along with John Nathan-Turner. Yeah, and the story is there are two planets, Andrazani Minor and Andrazani Major. And Andrazani Major, get this right. Andrazani Major is where all of the highfalutin politicians are based, and the working folk and all that jazz. Um, But over on Andrazani Minor. That is where a substance is mined called spectrox. And this is like, gives you kind of extended life, if you like. It's almost like a, kind of like a fountain of youth kind of story. Mm. Where this spectrox, uh, people take it like very tiny, tiny doses each day, but it prolongs their life essentially. And due to that, it's obviously very valuable. So you have um, people who are on Androzani Minor who are, uh, mining this stuff. Um, but there's this guy called Sharaz Jek, who hmm. was sort of taken up home deep within the tunnels, mined it all for himself, basically, sitting on tons and tons of it. The army's there to try and. They're sort of fighting this little guerrilla style warfare where his androids, uh, Jek's androids, are fighting the army and they're trying to get the Spectrox. And there's also these little gang of rebels who are like supplying arms to. To Jarek, and in in return, he's giving them Spectrox to take back to the uh, this very cruel person, Morgus. Morgus um, (laughs) to build up his own private evil, selfish stocks. And in the middle of all this, as you would expect, the Doctor and Perry sort of land in the middle of it all. Um, But on this story, there's a bit of a twist. Unfortunately, one of them does not survive. So, very early on, the both of them get exposed to raw Spectrox mm. and develop, develop something called Spectrox toxemia. And the only way to cure said disease or virus, whatever, is from the milk of a, of a bat <laughs> yeah. that happens to live miles underneath the surface. Um, and uh, yeah, the doctor manages to get some, but only one dosage. Not enough for two people, so he obviously saves Perry and then regenerates into the Sixth Doctor. Mm. So, Caves. We can go into this fresh because you and I have never reviewed it Yes. before. So what do you reckon, Ciswami, often viewed as one of the best stories from all of Classic Who? What do mm. you reckon?
3: Mm. Um, it's certainly a very good story in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like it a lot. Whether I'd class it as one of the best, I don't think I would. No. Although I do really enjoy it. I, I think it's up there. I think it's up there as a as a classic. But uh yeah, I don't know. I think it's more one for perhaps for, for Doctor Who fans rather than casual viewer or, or someone. You know, it's not one that I'd grab to introduce somebody to Doctor Who. But it's a it is a very good story. Um, watching it again this week, um I sort of found almost a, a newfound love for it actually because I've always liked it but as I said it's never one that I would sort of watch over and over again I've just always one that I'd enjoy but yeah I really really enjoyed watching it again this week and one thing that struck me is how how gritty and mm-hmm. dark it is uh right. on the rewatch. because I I went off Doctor Who you know when this was aired as, as a kid because after this in Connor Baker's era it became too dark and quite violent I didn't like it so I always think of the Peter Davison era as being much more fluffy and light. And I can see now that by the time we get to this story, that we are starting to transition into that darker, grittier tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it works well in this story because I don't think any of the violence or darkness is, is particularly gratuitous, which I think a lot of the Colin Baker area was right. So for me, yeah, it's a very good story. And I, as I said, I really enjoyed watching it again uh, this week and um, yeah, I thought it was very good. Uh, well, I can't. I, I would have listened to your review back in episode one, but I can't remember your thoughts. So do tell me. Do you like this
0: one? I do like this one. Yeah. I think this is an awesome Doctor Who story mm. from the classic years. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't say that it's the best. I wouldn't say that it. You know, it sits up there with. I mean, these things are subjective anyway. But I probably wouldn't say that it sits up there as number one story. Although it it's often looked at, you know, as right up there with, with one of the best. I do think it, it, it would definitely be in my top five. For sure. I was I was
3: going to say my top 10. Yeah, it might it might be in my top five, but it's definitely in my
0: top 10. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It's in my top five for sure. And it's a cracking story. And I like the fact that it is a bit darker than what we'd seen up to that point. You know, it does. Mm. It's, it's almost like, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like Robert Holmes, just like a switch went up. You know, someone turned a switch and he's like, yes, we're going we're gonna to do a, a, a dark story to close off Davison's era. Because it does sort of usher in that darker tone of Doctor Who because, like you say, Colin Baker's era does have some very dark...
3: Yeah, so um, it's quite nasty, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: you know, so you can, you can tell that they're already thinking about that stuff because of the tone of the story and mm. some of the scenes and so on. Um, but I quite like the... I quite like the the fact that the Doctor's very vulnerable in this one.
3: He really gets put through the mill in this. He does. I was watching yeah. it by the time we got to episode four and he's like falling down sand cliffs and being shot at and beat up. And I was thinking, <laughs> blimey, the Fifth Doctor's really put through it in this. Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's good, actually, because it's good to see the Doctor not being so in control, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's really, by the end of it, he's really going for it, especially the... The um, end, you know, uh, the cliffhanger of episode three is amazing. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, "You're not going to stop me this time." He's really like, he's really going for it, and it's Uh it's really good to see Davidson pushing his doctor to those extremes. Actually, Uh, yeah,
0: it works really well. I think it does, mate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that I like about it the most. And you know, anyone that hasn't seen the story, you should probably stop listening (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because. you know, even though you probably know that this is Davison's last story, you know he does, like you say, he does go through. You know, he gets his he gets his ass kicked. You know, numerous times in this story, mm. and I, and I like that because, like you say, normally the doctor's got this quiet confidence about him, and he's got a bit of a plan. Yeah, you know, and you always know that he's going to save the day or whatever. But in this one, you do genuinely feel, even if you say, for example, if they hadn't of or I've put this as a regeneration story, say if him and Perry did survive at the end, you still genuinely feel like he's absolutely on the ropes and you're not Mm. sure if he's going to be able to save himself and Perry. And because of you, because you have this whole thing where they, they're caught up in this kind of ongoing, uh, war, if you like, between, you know, over the spectroc stuff, you know, they do get caught up in all the politics of it and the mm-hmm. military side of things. You got that all going on and they, you know, they just get sort of beaten from one pillar to the next, if you like. Um, and on top of that, they have this spectrox thing, which is sort of slowly killing them. So you genuinely feel like, is, is he actually going to be able to, to pull out of this one? And mm-hmm. you know, he, he obviously doesn't as this, um, as this Davison's doctor, if you like, um but i like that that that's a constant thing running through the story it's like he's uh, not only has he got to contend with um jack the like this sort of phantom of the opera style crazy you know nutbag mm-hmm. and his androids he's also got to contend with um the army who think they're spies or gun runners and stuff like that he's also got to contend with the rebels these kind of you know Stots and those lot um so not only have they got to deal with all that and try and escape or do whatever, but they've also, they're also up against the clock because, you know, as um, Tape told them when he, when they were captured that they've got, you know, he starts cracking up. Oh, you've got spe- Oh you yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they're against the clock as well. So it really feels like this sort of constant sense of foreboding, like, you know, it's really not in a good. They're not in a good way at all. But I really I like that, like that yeah. scene. <laughs> it just starts cracking up, doesn't he? It?
3: Because well, it's just because Davidson's so good in it. He's so angry as well, isn't he? That Matey finds it funny. Matey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate, yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I like the vulnerability of Davidson's doctor in this one. It really sells the story. Because it would have been easy. We say this a lot, don't we? It could have been all too easy for him to play the confident doctor, which he starts out as, especially with mm. Jack, which is hilarious. It, it could yeah. have been easy to continue that all the way through the story and then all of a sudden, oh, the Doctor's regenerate. You know, he's gone. So I like it that they build it up across the four the four parts. So that's why mm. I, I like it a lot. And also I think Jack is a great, intense, crazy, you know, villain in this. He's, uh, he turns out to be, you know, it, it, he, he sort of saves Perry, doesn't he, at the end. He sort of keeps her. Uh, while the doctor's off getting the bat milk, <laughs> mm. you know he sort of keeps her, you know, alive sort of thing, and he's re- genuinely worried about her. He's sort of fallen in love with her, sort of pretty fast and hard. Mm. Uh, but other than that, it's just a good old case of revenge for him, really, against Morgus. He's um, he's
3: superb, isn't he? That guy, he's great. Christopher Gable, as yeah. Sharrows Shaz- Shaz- Jack. I gotta say, because he's he's not um, he's not one dimensional, is he? He's not like you said; he's not just this sort of pantomime villain mm. he, he's you know he's, he's actually sort of although he's quite nasty and twisted and 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 that he's also got this other side of him that he, he, you know he he explains why he's like he is because of what's happened to him and uh yeah and towards the end you know it's sort of genuine affection and he gives perry away to try and save her and you know he's there is a sort of good side to him so it's a very nice rounded character brilliantly performed by by christopher gable he's, his performance is excellent in it, yeah. actually really really sort of um carried the story along nicely uh re this the other night um i'll tell you one thing i wasn't i really wasn't bored as well uh-huh. uh this is one story that i really got engrossed in and um i watched it uh two episodes uh times so i watched two and then two the following evening and um yeah i just thought it really flowed along nicely there's loads going on like so there's lots of little side stories and power mm-hmm. struggles and there's genuine threat like you said about the doctor as well, you really do feel they're in danger, um, which is, which is good. And I think a lot of it's down to um, the direction of Graham Harper, because he doesn't shy away from any of the grittiness. I mean, there's loads of killing in this. I was by episode four, I was thinking, blimey, there's like people gunning <laughs> each other down. And yep. this is quite adult, actually. This is quite adult Doctor Who. Um And the bit where, Uh, Jack's mask gets pulled off and he's running around the floor on his knees. And it's really some really great horror moments. This kind of remind me of the uh, Hinchcliffe era, Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit like Talons, you know, which is written by, by Robert Holmes. So there's, you know, the same sort of thing of someone lurking under the theater. But if anything, I find um, Jack slightly more rounded character. And although he's not particularly nice, you do sort of almost sympathize with him when, Perry screams when she finally sees about the mask, and he's like, you know, he's she's horrified, isn't she? And he's sh- carrying away. And there's some great, great, horrific, yeah. proper, scary Doctor Who moments in this.
0: And there's also um, one thing that always puts a villain up in my estimation, and is when they dish out any kind of backhander.
3: Oh, well, Davison gets a re- he gets a whopper of it. A- <laughs> he does. He, he what does he say? He says so really flippant, doesn't he? And he really gets a. <laughs> the only thing is, he he grabs his neck, and if you watch it jack slaps him around the face it's it's quite convincing until he grabs his neck but anyway yeah
0: it's a beauty it's a it's a belter it is isn't it because he doesn't it comes out of nowhere as well yeah i know talking to somebody else and the doctor stood behind him and it's almost like in his mind he thought oh i remember that little insult from earlier Mm. (laughs) and he just turns around and gives him a shot right across Brings him, it's this, brings him
3: back down to earth, yeah.
0: It's a sound effect as well. Like it, I always feel like that that character from Catherine Tate when we're talking about backhanders. I don't know if you've ever seen the Catherine Tate show, but there's that one scene where the woman character is all quite normal, <laughs> It's the only one I can describe. There's one where she gets in the cab and she's like, oh, this destination, please. And they pull up at traffic lights and then those dudes run out who always start cleaning your car, your windscreen, without you asking. She's yeah. like yeah you should get out there and give him a backhander. Go on. Give him one swift oh, backhander. Go on. Right <laughs> across the chops. A good old backhand. Um, but yeah. Any any villain in Doctor Who that can dish out a solid backhander is And he uh, certainly good can. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And he is pretty intense as well, isn't he? Like you said he's quite convincing as that scary um, sort of. You just never quite know. Like you said, that kind of comes out of nowhere. You just never know when he's going to just have a little moment and flip. Um, but yeah, he's quite intense. It'd be, it'd be a fun guest at a dinner party, wouldn't it? You just would never. You you wouldn't want him carrying a tray of
0: drinks. That's true. Yes, it it feels like he's had like several pints of coffee. Um, and someone's really wound him up. You know when. You know, when certain people in your life that you've known, friends or family or whoever, you just know how to push someone's buttons. If you know, want to wind someone up, if it, his character feels like that, it feels like he's had loads of coffee and someone's really wound him up. So he's constantly like on edge. Do you know what I mean yeah, by that? So,
3: yeah. And also, I mean, I suppose with the Doctor as well, because Davidson's quite flippant with him to begin with. And like you said, it makes for some great scenes. Yeah. Uh, So he does kind of push his buttons.
0: It's great because, yeah, because he delivers that that cool line, doesn't he? It's like, one day your sense of humour will be the death of you. Yeah. Doctor, or something like that.
3: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: And at the time you think, yeah, whatever. Mm. But then literally within an hour and a half, the Doctor's gone. You know, yeah. he's, he's out of so, it. He's out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have kind of fast forward. We always speak about the villain and the doctor at the end, don't we? But we sort of fast forward along. But that's, I mean, he's such a good villain though. That's the thing. I mean, it does have, there are times when he's a little bit OTT with it. There are times when he does really, you know, he's hamming it up quite a lot. Um, But I don't really mind that, to be honest, because I think he's such a unhinged, Sort of removed character that you know there are not many rules to govern what you should be doing. Really, as that kind of person, if you're sort of unhinged and you're sort of driven by revenge, and you've just got this, you're living every day sort of fueled on hatred for somebody, and you've got nothing else in your life, and your physical scars have now turned into mental scars, and you're, you're just a bit of a that kind of character. There's nobody really to say, well, you should have played it like this. You know, there are no rules, which is, mm. but he does properly. Is he as bad as our good old What's his face <laughs>
3: Oh, <laughs> Collins, uh, David Collins. Yeah. Is he as oh, bad no, as Oh, no, no, I don't, no, I think he's, I think no. he's excellent in it. No, he's no, brilliant, I... yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, um. Yeah, I wouldn't say he hams it up particularly. I don't know. I thought I thought he was superb in it. Um,
0: I really, really liked his his character. Oh, okay, it was just yeah. some of the moments, like when he has his mask ripped off, and then he oh, goes yeah, over yeah. to Perry That's... and she screams ah. and then he sort of, <laughs> you know, now, he does a little bit. Um...
3: Now, if I was going to say somebody had been to the David Collins uh, <laughs> School of Acting, um, I might have probably gone more for Morgus. Morgus, oh, who oh, seems God. to talk to himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> what was going on in that scene I was thinking who's he talking to is he supposed to be looking at a scanner because he, he thought well, he'd he be having a conversation then he will just turn away from the person he's talking to and talk to himself they're going to fire the missile someone's <laughs> plotting against me who could it be and then he turns back and carries on the conversation it's a bit it's a very strange performance it's a very strange to th- yes. scene that. and I think it's, it's only once he does it isn't it there's one scene yeah, where he twice. does that it's, yeah Right, so, yeah. yeah.
1: It's
0: a bit odd. Now that's interesting you bring that up because we'll get on to Morgan. Well, why not? Let's get on to Morgan. He's yeah. like the evil behind the scenes. Um
3: Oh, I bet you cracked prop- it when you pushed that president <laughs> down the lift. Like <laughs> I, I was imagining you laughing when I saw that. Yeah,
0: that's in my notes to discuss later. Like yeah. any other thing you'll notice. The two I've got is Perry's roly-poly through the cave where she's meant to be dropping down. Oh, yeah. Into the I noticed that. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, Morgus pushing the president down the lift shelf. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm confused about something, and one of our listeners is as well. Yeah. So um, our friend Sammy from Down Under, who sent in an audio clip, mentions this in her thing where she says she's not sure why Morgus keeps breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he's doing that or if he's looking just slightly past camera or because it does appear that the first time he does it, it does appear that he, that the scene sort of stops and he turns round, and it appears that he's looking into the camera and talking to us as the audience. And then the, the, the people who are also in the scene are just sort of stood there like, mm. you know, while he's doing his little fourth wall thing. And then, when he turns around, it's like, and resume, like back to normal. Yeah. So I'd, I'm not sure if that's the case, or if he's looking just slightly, slightly off camera. And, you know, he's looking right down the, like a few millimetres away from the lens. It, I, I'm not sure. Maybe you can give me a, your view on this. I by don't now, but-
3: know. It's a very strange performance, isn't it? I mean, his hmm. performance overall is quite odd. Um, it, it does kind of work for me, though, but... I, I almost expected him to be revealed as an android at the end. Right. I'm serious. Because like, he does play it a bit like, I'm not quite human, doesn't he? Ah, Even a, do you know yeah. what I mean? So I was thinking, oh, is he one of Shrek's androids or something? Because this is all a bit odd. But no, it turns out he is just a bit odd. Um, but no. I don't know what the whole talking to the wall thing was about. And it's strange because, like you said, it's only in a couple of scenes. And, yeah. Yeah. It's all a bit odd, and it's a strange direction, actually, to be to be given. I assume he was given it, but yeah. It's His really performance weird. is odd, though, isn't it? Like, the way he acts is, um, he's sort of playing it if he's, I don't know what he's trying to do. Is he sort of being
0: not human, or what, what's he going I for in know. that performance? I'm never quite sure. Yeah, it's weird. I think he's just been given the direction of, we need this cold-hearted, ruthless So, so in a way he almost is sort of non-human because he doesn't have a a compassionate bone in his body anywhere. He's sort of, he's so, because he he labels himself as the richest person across the four planets or four moons or something like that. So he probably is playing it slightly removed from um, being generally human because he has no compassion for anything or anyone. He's just consumed by greed. So yeah. much, you know what I mean? He's, so he's
3: And he's thoroughly evil as well because the oh, bit yeah. where when after he pushes the president down the lift, <laughs> he then orders the lift maintenance man to be shot. Oh, yeah. And I thought what a what That's, a beep. Yeah.
0: That's
1: what a beep.
3: That's not yeah. You know, he really is, isn't he? Just, just really nasty piece of work. You can't wait. For, he's one of those people as well that you, you can't wait for him to get his comeuppance. Like I was la- when Shrek, when uh, not Shrek, Shrek. Jack, <laughs> Shrek, when Drek, <laughs> Jack goes mad at the end, oh, yeah. and he's really laying into Mor- Morgus. So I was like, yeah. You know, you've had that coming, mate. You've had that coming. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah, it's a thoroughly nasty piece of work. And um, I kind of like the performance, but I also find it very odd.
0: (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? It's one of those performances where you kind of buy into it because he's so nasty and you want him to get his comeuppance. Mm. And the only way, the only reason why you feel that way is because John Normington has sold it that way in his performance you kind of connect to that type of evil character where it's like, boo. Yeah. Yeah. It's a
3: little bit pantomime, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a good
0: performance though. I think it's not necessarily him. I think he's just been directed that way to be a bit, a bit of an oddball. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like the, the feeling that I get behind the, 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 script with this based on the story, I'm assuming by Robert Holmes is that him and Jack have both been twisted in different ways. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's what I get from the story anyway. So you've got, because Jack does explain that those two were kind of in cahoots together in, initially. And it was Morgus that kind of plotted to to have Jack killed so that he could have all the, the Spectrox and all the money for himself. So Morgus, has he's been sort of corrupted and twisted by greed because mm. he's made so much money from the Spectrox. He's almost like... You know, human life doesn't mean anything. He can kill people left, right and centre and, you know, he's got, got power hungry on greed. Whereas Jack has been motivated and twisted by revenge because of what's been done to him. Mm-hmm. So you have the pair of them really that are sort of cut from the same cloth, if that makes sense. The two of them are mad as as, as between them. But they're motivated by slightly different things. But, they're, but both of them are, you know, completely potty. Mm. Yeah. and it's
3: a yeah no it's a good way of looking at it and it's a it's a great piece of writing by Robert Holmes that isn't it I like love the way that he's done that because it, it
0: totally makes sense doesn't mm. it
3: you can see why they are like how they are yes which is really good yeah
0: and I wonder what the target novels like as well I wonder how Terence Dicks approaches this story and because he's very very good at filling in gaps isn't he Terence yeah. Dix in the target yeah. novel so it might be interesting to pick that one up actually I've not read that one
3: no, I haven't read it. And I'd, actually, if there is one gap I'd like filled in, it's, it's kind of the, the whole thing of Jack being this amazing creator of lifelike androids, because mm. it kind of gets glossed over in this a little bit. And if anything, that's the only thing that really brings the story down to me, is that, you know, we're told that he's amazing at creating these androids, and we see the sort of prototype ones with no faces. But then, on the other hand, we get to see ones like the Doctor and Perry ones that oh, he yeah. makes. In, I mean, like, when does it when does he make them in a matter and of like, hours as well in a matter of hours and how can they be that lifelike i don't know so we kind of have to just go with it don't we mm. we don't really get to see how all or you know how he's managed to do these things and i think the bit i mean that that's a great cliffhanger to episode one where the dots and parry are being executed mm-hmm. but i find the resolution a little bit like oh yeah they're androids okay move on it's like, what, what? Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that, that could do with a little bit of filling in, I think. Um, even if we just saw, we sort of see the prototypes, but you know what I mean? How does he make him so lifelike like that? I I just don't find that particular part of the story that convincing.
0: Yeah. That, that's the one of the, there's a, there's a couple of things in his story that very sort of loose. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and that part of it for me is very, you know, I, I can't get my head around that for a couple of reasons, The first one is he doesn't actually have any reference to go on other than a very small black and white image from a camera (laughs) somewhere, Yeah, you know. And second of all, it seems like, you know, at the end, towards the end of that story, of of episode one, you know, they get executed at the end. Hmm. About five minutes before that, that's when you kind of... Well, you guess anyway that that's when the switch happens. And it's very bizarre because they're trapped in that cell, Perry and the Doctor, and they can see out through the bars what's going on. But then there's this scene where somebody seems to just pull a curtain aside. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the Doctor's like walking up and down and pacing before that, and he's like, how are we going to, you know, he's he's racking his brains about how they're going to escape from this prison cell. Mm -hmm. But it seems like there's just a curtain. (laughs) <laughs> at the back of the prison cell, because all you see is a hand come in shot and sort of move it to the side, and I'm assuming yeah. that's when the switch happens between him, Perry, and their their android equivalents. So that didn't hold water with me at all. That whole no, in that fact, if thing. you
3: if you blink, you'd have missed it because mm. um, in actual fact, I did because I'd <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't noticed that on the rewatch, but now you've told me, I do remember it from. You know, watching it before but I actually completely missed that this time around watching it so I must mm. have blinked and missed it I'm assuming so, yeah. that's when the
0: switch happened but yeah yeah um, you must be right yeah but it just seems bizarre that they're trapped in the cell and they just don't seem to notice you know the back <laughs> the wall curtain. Is, is just a and they can just move aside and off they go but so that yeah there are a couple of things in this story that are a little bit yes yeah I mean we, should we mention
3: at this point the magma creature as, as we're talking about bits that don't particularly work that well. I yeah. mean, they, to be fair to Graham Harper, he, you can tell that he's tried to keep it off screen as much as possible, hasn't he? He's yeah. really, it's really quick shots we get of
0: it. Dark light um, in. And yeah. Dark light
3: yeah. in, yeah. But even that just cannot save it. I mean, it, it does look bad. It's, there's no two ways around it. It's a shame because, as I said, this feels like a very adult story um, for much of it. So, like, you've got... I mean, that scene when... Um, Stotts is has got um what's his name Cre- kreppler Krepler Cre- yeah. over the cliff and he's shoving that pill in his mouth with a knife in it. That's a really nasty scene. That's horrific. I mean, actually. it's really yeah. adult. And then you go from that to this rubbery creature <laughs> creeping up on the doctor behind a rock, and it looks terrible and really
0: yeah.
3: cheap. And it's well, not cheap, but it just doesn't look good. And you sort of think, gosh, you know, this really goes from being dark and gritty to oh that's a shame to
0: omg
1: yeah
3: yep. yeah to, and it's thankfully it's it's not on the screen long mm. um but it has no because that's one of the cliffhangers isn't it it's a shame because you've got the first cliffhanger where they're being executed is brilliant then you've got the magma creature coming towards the camera and it looks terrible so that's a shame mm. and then you've got the cliffhanger with the doctor saying uh you know um um on the spaceship i mean you know it's an amazing cliffhanger to episode three where it's like nothing can stop me now and he's really shouting. it's a brilliant so you've got two really great cliffhangers but this one in the middle just really let down by the, yeah. the creature and it's yeah. it's one of those things in the davison era isn't it i think we we get it a few times we like do. the, the traps. Um... no no that's tetraps uh uh seven uh, oh of course yeah hold on yeah I'm the, thinking of Stella the leptils. what's the one in Warren? Oh, Terrell Oh, yeah, I they look like, like
0: rubber it, suit, don't
3: they? They do look rubbery. What's the one in the? I want to say, oh, what's it called? The the one that's in Warriors of the Deep, the big,
0: oh, um,
3: oh the the Mel, Mel something. Yeah. That anyway, thing. that thing. Yeah. You know. So poor old <laughs> Davison. His stories are often let down by these terrible, <laughs> you know creatures which you know it's i know it's of the time and i suppose in a way we love them but i was just in this particular story because it is so good Mm. in other parts it's such a shame when we get to that that bit but
0: yeah he didn't have the best of luck with (laughs) with that sort of thing and the teralyptals as well they were yeah that was just basically a, a guy in a suit with the rubbers just banging all over the place and we can't hear his voice underneath the. Oh mast yeah, and... <laughs> he didn't have oh, to... the
3: Merker. The Merker. Oh, the Murca, Google, That's it. I had to Google it; it was driving me. The Merker. Merker yeah, with a Warriors Y. Yeah, from yeah. Warriors of the Deep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but now I know what you mean. at that, that the oh, it just doesn't work. You can tell it's basically a, you know, a, a cheap costume that's been picked up somewhere. Um, or, or parts of a costume that have been picked up and sort of packed together, hand, as well in that in that yeah. like, in that
3: cliffhanger, it's just sort of wobbling its hand towards the camera, like Whoa! Yeah. you know, it's, just, it's like oh no, yeah, but yeah, it's a shame because it's one of the few. There, are, I mean, most of this stands up really well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, once we get to episode four, it's a fantastic episode of all the mud shoots exploding, and we get like a slowed down shot, and then it comes back into real time of the Doctor flipping over. Yeah. There is some great stuff going on in oh, this, yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, it's just you know, it's just a shame that it gets let down now and again yeah. by these little bits. But that's you know, of the time and and the nature of the beast, really, because yeah. I mean, the scenes yeah. with Davison going down the to get the bat milk as well again it, you know but you can really see the budget restrictions in those scenes and stuff and yeah. you know but it's just the time and it, as i said it doesn't really ruin it in any way for me it's just if you could go back and do it again you'd like to try and do it differently
0: i think of course yeah yeah mm. i wouldn't change it now though i wouldn't do a no, no. george lucas and try and oh no mess with it but i see what you mean though. you can tell that the i think that is the the main thing is the budget stuff yeah, um, and it's
3: mainly that the the creature, isn't it? There's nothing yeah. really else that's that bad.
0: No, um, there's a on the um, special features disc. There's two versions of the regeneration scene. Um, there's one where it's just the studio sounds, where you can hear the director talking. And oh, the, I the watched producers. that one. Yeah, and then there's another version where you've got Davison, um, Graham Harper, and somebody else telling you what's going on. Oh, with of, the commentary. I yeah. remember
3: that. Yeah, because he asked Davison what he's laughing at yeah, at the sorry, end. And yeah. I'm screaming at the screen saying, he's laughing because his last <laughs> word is adric. We all know what he's laughing at. Yeah, yeah. And Davison's like, oh, I, I, can't, I
0: can't remember. <laughs> you know,
3: that you can. You know what you're laughing. I remember watching those, yeah. yeah.
0: But they, yeah. they do comment, though, on, on that to say that, you know, the, the turnaround is so quick. You know, it's just a classic who thing that we get used to across, you know, hearing commentaries and watching special, every director and everyone says the same thing, that there's no money and we have to get through it so quick. So when you've got like the script that says we need a magma creature, Mm. I, you know, probably the guys who are handling that stuff are probably like, yeah, we're going to have this creature and his mouth's going to move and there's going to be some fire coming out of his nostrils and all that lot. And then they get to the budget meeting and it's like, well, you've got a fiver. Yeah, <laughs> in, and you've got a tenor. Go and make it work. So that's probably, you know, what what's what happened, and more so in Davis and and, and Colin Baker's era. You know, there's just not a lot of good stuff going on.
3: No, no, that's true. <laughs> You're just talking about that. Remind me actually, but because he says about how I think he had like four hours or something. Didn't he to put together? He knew what he wanted to do with the regeneration. I think he, didn't he talk right. about yep. the Beatles. Um, is it a day in the life or something that climatic music and he he had it all in his head what he wanted to do And i think he had four hours to to put all the shots together he had that's right um and he said he kind of got it there but it really wasn't how he Mm -hmm. wanted it but he kind of made it work so yeah it's one of those things if they'd have had more time and more money of course yeah but yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll get to Regeneration in a bit. we will talk about whether we like
0: or dislike it. But. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a second, actually. I just want to very quickly mention the Rebel Soldier dudes.
3: Yeah, they were definitely worth mentioning because I think yeah. they're very strong
0: they cast. Are. Yeah, because I, I like their sort of internal squabbles that, yeah. you know, they've been promised payment for stuff and they've been left hanging and then they get shortchanged by Jack. He's like, you're not having all of it because you didn't bring me the guns and all that stuff. So I like their sort of internal squabbling which is good but I thought Stotts was a very good character actually I thought his his performance was quite cool he's that real mercenary you know not give a damn sort of thing and that scene you mentioned where he's got uh, Krelper by the throat over the Mm, cliff and he's got the knife out some really cool stuff with those guys
3: I thought they're both really good actually I thought Hmm. the performance from both of them was really good they they seem to be totally into their characters and it's quite believable like when they're being nasty I mean when Stotts goes out of the room and then comes back and guns down, guns them all down at the end. You know, you're like, oh, he's a nasty piece of work. Yeah, he really yeah. sells it to you that he's like that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's very good. Um, okay, let's talk about regen then, mm. um, end scene. Uh, I wouldn't say it's my fave <laughs> regeneration scene. I mean, it's okay. I like the, I like the whole vision that Davison has, you know, when he's lying on the floor where you have his mm. companions sort of, whirling around and then um, the very cool uh, Anthony Ainley comes in and die, doctor.
1: Oh, yes, Oh, no, you must die. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I quite like that. It's quite cool. But, um, yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, I just, I'm not sure about the, um, maybe it's, <laughs> I don't want to sound, you know, ill towards any Colin Baker fans, but maybe it's just Colin Baker's very, very ob- um, uh, harsh first couple of lines you know he's very Mm. he's very um very massively confident and hard which is not a bad thing but i don't know it just when we compare the regenerate the post-regeneration for a lot of doctors where they have that sort of disorientated not sure what's going on surprise feel about them colin baker's just you know (laughs) as soon as he sits up he's like what's all this funny business then thank god i've turned up to sort this mess out he kind of puts Perry down from
3: from the you know from the get go, and That's,
0: it's a sign of things to come. And it's
3: yeah, it's not very nice after what she's just been to been through. Yeah, yeah,
0: you hit the nail on the head there. Mm. Like literally, the entire time those two are together, he just he treats her like like dirt most of the time. Yeah, Doesn't I know. He? Yeah, it's just a sign of things to come, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, in terms of as a regenerator, I think it's quite cool. I like the bit where. You know, Davison's just sort of saved the day, if you like, and mm. and you can tell he's knackered and he's about to pop it, and and he does have that sort of you know feels different this time. That's cool. Yeah, line. I
3: like that. It comes back to what you're saying earlier about the fact you're in peril because he he thinks he's dying. He's not even sure if he's going to regenerate, isn't he? He's like, maybe is this death? I think he says, doesn't yeah. he? And, you know, feels different this time. And you sort of think, Oh, is this, is the mm-hmm. regeneration going to go wrong? Um, maybe so I'll regenerate.
0: Got, he says that as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. So I like that. I like the fact that he's not certain because, and I've never noticed that he, I always assume that he just got enough, bat milk for one and I always thought why did he do that why do not you just get loads <laughs> and then I, I noticed on a rewatch that he, he trips or is it when he gets the TARDIS key out or something he drops the bat milk spilling right. most of it yeah. which is why he's only got enough for one because <laughs> I never noticed that before it was bugged me so yeah so that's kind of cool so he's just got enough for her and you know I think it's a good way for, it's a good exit for Davidson's Doctor it's great to see him going out like that and so in, yeah. in terms in those terms I like the regeneration um, at the time I love the fact that we got all the companions swirling around with their lines. <laughs> now when I watch it, I think it's a little bit too similar to Tom. Uh, cause Tom's regeneration. He has the same thing, doesn't he? Of uh, right, doctor, yeah. Doctor, doctor, doctor. So this is a little bit similar, but, um, yeah, I like the, like the music and the way that it really, yeah, you know he does. Yeah. You know Colin does arrive back. Talking of music, must just say I like Roger loom's soundtrack in this.
0: Oh, brilliant, the soundtrack. It really works yeah. well.
3: Really, really works well in this story. Really uh, and good. I do love that bit in the regeneration. I think the build up. Uh, obviously, they couldn't quite simulate the <laughs> Beatles' Day and the Life, but it's a good, yeah, good build up yeah. to the to regeneration.
0: Hmm. No, then, it's good, and it's, it's almost like the regeneration between uh, from Matt Smith to Capaldi as well. Because remember that one; it was very fast. You know, it's like that snap of lightning almost, and bosh, Mm -hmm. you know, the new, there wasn't any of this explosion of regeneration energy and stuff that we'd seen previous or in classic years where we have that very slow fade from one doctor's face into the next and all that lot. Mm -hmm. It was just very quick, like Davison's out of it. And then in a matter of seconds, you've got Colin Baker springing up, and yeah, it's very quick. It's a quick region.
3: And it's interesting, the last words are, Adric, because I mean, it, you know, he's <laughs> uh, no matter what you think of Adric as a character, like in terms of the storyline, the Doctor is going to think about Adric because obviously he'll feel responsible for him dying. So I don't know how Davis have felt about Adric being <laughs> the last word he said, but, you know, it's kind of... Uh, probably not thrilled. Probably not thrilled, yeah. no. no. Actually, you know, you touched on the, the relationship between the Sixth Doctor and Perry, which I don't like at all, mm. all that bickering. I just thought it was really boring. But I quite like the I, I i mean i know perry doesn't get a lot to do in this cuz she's ill for most of the story but uh. but i like i kind of like the relationship between her and five i wish we'd perhaps seen a bit more of it cuz i much prefer it to what we get later with colin and right you know yeah. but, do you know what i mean like when they first come out of the tardis and She's not like whining and grizzly like she does in you know <laughs> after the story. She's kind of like, what's going on then? And there's a bit of banter between the two of them, and she's like, oh, you know it all, do you? And I thought, yeah, you know, I could have could have quite happily watched a bit more of these two together.
1: Yeah, you know, really and
3: jumps. yeah, I think they work quite well. It's just we only really get two stories with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just find, and I don't blame Nicola Bryant for this, but I find her so whiny mm-hmm. during the Colin Baker era that I actually prefer her in these two stories like this one and planet of fire Planet of Fire, yeah she's not she's not written as that
0: quite as that annoying
3: doctor yeah you
0: know, she's, she's yeah i know what you mean there's not yeah. that sort of teacher schoolgirl. that i think colin baker has mm. he's all he's always telling her off yeah for something yeah, exactly. you know she's almost yeah. like a naughty girl and he's the teacher sort of like you know, don't do this don't do that and mm. it's not about this and she, you know quiet and i know what you mean whereas davison's more of a more of a human soul if you like he's more of a hmm. you know he has a bit more tolerance and a bit more it, yeah. chilled back uh chilled out laid back sort of attitude towards things which suits her companion as a companion it, better
3: it does i was gonna say i think they just work better together yeah. but i know we only get two stories with them but mm. yeah i just before prefer, prefer the softer side of it
0: yeah it's although she still standards. has the that annoying thing where but again, it's nothing against Nicola Bryant, but she, one thing that does my head in when she's playing Perry is doctor, do, 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 do Do you think that we're going to die? She has. Yeah. To, yeah but I don't know. That's just,
3: yeah. She's, I gotta say, I, I blame the writing more than I do Nicola Bryant, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, she becomes really annoying during the Conan Baker, era, but I think she's okay in this. As I said, I know she's ill for a lot of it and stuff, mm. but, but I think she works quite well in the story, uh, Nicola mm. Bryant.
0: Is there anything else you want to mention, mate, before we...
3: Well, I just want to say on. how great I think Davison is, in it? Because okay. I think he gets, I think he gets, um, a lot of people say he's like a boring, bland doctor. Not everyone, I know he's got his fans, hmm. but, you know, some people are saying, no, nah, Davison, no, nah, he's a bit bit run of the mill. I don't agree, I think he's fantastic in this, and yeah. Um, yeah. he's quoted as saying, isn't he, if his last if he'd had more stories like he got in this last series that he would have done more and stuff so Mm -hmm. i think he's by this point found the doctor he's really performing him well um definitely sad to see him go and i think he's great in the scenes great when he's with jack really sort of good at being angry that that you know the climax episode three he's absolutely on fire um and so yeah i just want to say how good i think davison is and I, i you know i always think when people write him off um, I always think, you know, they're perhaps judging it on my earlier stories and, you know, this shows the potential he had as the doctor. Um, so I really like him and I just want to, yeah, I just want to big him up a bit, really, because I think he deserves it. I think he's fantastic in this one. And we finally get an explanation for the celery, <laughs> the celery. which Absolutely. he insisted on, didn't he? He yeah. insisted. On, he said to J&T, you promised. Now, come on. Yeah. You promised me that before I left, you'd explain why I'm wearing a piece of celery. So I don't know where at what point this this came in the script but uh we finally get a, a an answer for it um what is it it's something about he's allergic to certain gases and the celery turns purple if he's near them so he can eat it or something That's it's a right. bit of
0: a strange one
1: mm.
0: <laughs> it's a bit of a strange but i kind of like it i can't remember what spectrum it is either i'm i assume it's made up but he's yeah allergic to certain gases and he eats it as a antidote something
3: yeah so it's a i quite like the explanation it's a bit bit out there but um it's better than nothing yeah (laughs) he's allergic
0: to gases in the praxis range right Is what you're after there the yeah that's the one (laughs) that's the one as we all know yeah Uh, yeah i I will echo your thoughts mate i I, you know some people say that davison he's a bit yeah but i i love davison's doctor i think he's very very good and he's great in his story this is one of his best performances as the doctor um yeah, I think it's just a great performance, great villain, great story. A few things that sort of knock it down a bit due to whatever, but mm. music's really good. Great cliffhangers. Um, yeah. It's nice great.
3: location work isn't it love yes. i love all the shots of the mud bursts and all that and mm. when the tardis takes off oh, a big one just as it takes off. Yeah. yeah no so i think yeah there's some really good stuff in it I, I when i was growing up you know davidson was the doctor that was on screen so okay. i have a i have quite an affection for his doctor so Soft i struggled hot. with colin mm. after peter because there's such a contrast in there between the Massive. two yeah. um but uh yeah but no i think he's very good in it. cool I think that's all I've got. It's you to go
0: first. Hit, Is it? Hit me. Right.
3: Hit me. Um, 8.5 out of 10.
0: An 8.5.
3: 8.5. A very good story. Very dark, very gritty, very adult, and a very good send-off for, cool. for The Fifth Doctor, I think. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm going to give it a 9. A 9? Yeah. Okay. I really like this story a lot. Mm. It's got everything in there that Classic Who... What, what what makes a great classic coup story is in here for the most part. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, yeah, obviously not a 10. It's not perfect, but yes, yeah, so I just love the performances and everything we've said. You know, it's just great. Yeah,
3: that's cool. Yeah, I hovered around a 9. I was thinking sort of halfway through, oh, this is going to be a 9 or 10. And then a few little bits brought it down. Uh, For me, mainly the, the, you know, the Shrek making the perfect androids and stuff like that. It's just kind of got washed over a bit and the magma creature and stuff. But yes, very good. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, very, very good. What did our awesome listeners think? Mm. Uh, Let's kick off with an audio clip. This is Martin Arnold.
2: Hello, everybody. Um, You know, I I just recorded this and it went on for minutes and minutes and minutes um, because there's just so much awesome within this this story. It's hard to know where to stop. Um, Caves of Androzani may well be the, the, the greatest episode of the 1980s. Um, I personally have a few uh, others that I, I kind of prefer more on a, on a just a personal level, but this story is just, it, it's, it just goes from naught to 60 in five seconds flat and, and doesn't let up. I mean, the doctor and period sort of drop, drop into this world where they just go from one disaster to the next. And, and, the Doctor struggles to keep up with it in many ways. He's not on top of the situation. I mean, this is something you see in New Who, where he always knows what's going on. He always has an answer. Here he doesn't. Here he's thrust in between these two um, opposing factors, forces of, uh, if you like, almost forces of nature with, with Sharos Jack, who is unrepentantly, um, you know, out for vengeance and is just one of the most intense villains that the show has ever produced. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten because I, I have I have episodes I I prefer on a personal level, but it's hard to fault this. The only weak points I can come to, I think the cliffhangers um, are great in how they're set up, but in how they resolve, a little bit weak. So when the Doctor and Perry get you know put up against the wall, um, it it just sort of resolves, and, and you just think, okay, it's it's a minor quibble because it's just such a good story. Um, so it's a nine nine. out of 10 it it is an amazing story
1: thanks very much
0: cool thank you 9.9 9.9 very good very good let's carry on this is loopy loo
1: the caves of androzani is the best davison story no question so i hate to start with a negative but my main grievance is why does Morgus keep breaking the fourth wall was it the director making that decision because it's just so dumb and it doesn't work it's just plain enough and it serves no purpose and ah in fact the actor is often facing the camera and not making contact with the person on the view screen or whatever what what is that about it's so odd anyway great cliffhanger at the end of episode 1 that is just superb Shower's jack is brilliant of course the monster is terrible but it doesn't spoil an otherwise great episode the end of episode three was pretty intense with the Doctor all crazy and reckless. It was great to see this side of the fifth Doctor. Great story, probably darker than any other Davison episode. He certainly went out with a bang. Also, this is probably my favourite regeneration, five into six. So I I love it. I give it an eight out of ten.
0: An eight. Eight out of ten, yes. yes. And I must apologise for earlier, I got my... Listeners mixed up when I said about one of our listeners commented on the fourth wall. It was Lou, not not Sam. Mm. It's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That. Um But yeah, you're right about the monster as well, Lou. Almost mm. as bad as the bloody drash Right, let's carry on. This <laughs> is Sammy Satine.
1: Hey, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, The Caves of Androzani. First time I've watched this and I almost turned it off during part one. Cherish takes care of... Perry was touching. Peter Davison was good. Shame his regeneration was upstaged by Perry's breasts. Yeah, not going to rewatch this one in a hurry. Sorry, guys, but I don't think it's a classic. Anyway, six out of ten for the good parts. See ya. Wow, that
3: does surprise me. Oh. I really thought Sammy would like this one. Right, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, shocking. I'm uh, speechless. Not good. Mm. There we go. Over on Twitter, (laughs) where we did our normal poll, uh, loads of you have voted. Thank you very much. Um, 86% of you said likey. Only 14% said stinky. One of them must have been Sammy. Must have been, yeah. Uh, So that was on Twitter poll. Thank you very much. Uh, Some other people on Twitter said stuff like... uh, Theta Sigma said... Many people argue it's a Davidson's best story, but while it was good, I would still not rate it as highly as Earthshock. Uh, he gave it a three out of five. Daniel mm. Fox, always considered the most overrated story of all time. It just doesn't stand out as a classic for me. Four.
1: <gasps>
3: four?
0: Yes. Gosh. Oh dear. Who else is on What's here? What's happening? Juvian uh, Callum said, absolutely love the story. on top form, nine out of 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sarah Louise Baggett, who's part of the running Hoovian thing, said, enjoy the story. It was a great plot, but I do feel some scenes were a little rushed. Uh, Seven out of ten. Okay. And somebody called K9 Recaps, said, I wish we'd seen (laughs) the artificially youthful, beautiful Andrazonians to clearly justify why becoming ugly changed Shara's Jack into an evil, murderous creeper. The superficial ugly equals equal angle and unnecessary magma beasts make this otherwise A-grade story hard to recommend to new viewers. Yes. Uh, Over on Facebook, Dean Jones says, One off, if not the greatest Doctor Who story of all time. Pretty much everything works here. The script is another cracker from Robert Holmes. Graham Harper is a fantastic director. Jack, one of the most disturbing yet fascinating characters the series has ever had. Um, goes on to say minor nitpicks such as the effect of the president falling down the elevator not holding Mm. up and Perry's shall we say distracting presence in the regeneration sequence isn't enough to take away this undeniable classic (laughs) 10 out of 10
3: 10 out of 10 from Dean yes
0: Kevin Rollins says although regarded as a classic it's uh, it isn't the greatest story ever produced once more the fifth doctor is a passive and beige as ever and the only way he actually has an effect on the story is that his kidnap leads to Salatine escaping. Uh, he says, uh, story is a good one, but there are so many plot holes. Goes on to give it a 6.5. Ooh. Joseph Howarth gives it a 10 out of 10. Jason Thayer, 10 out of 10. Um, uh, Paul Villano says, Davidson's best. Certainly though, it's hyper, it's hyper, 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 to say it's the best in 54 years. Uh, Danny Brown, 10 out of 10. Stephen Gallagher, very good story and a great cast and zach zenkin gives it a 10 out of 10 as well so mm, quite a few okay. tens yes mm. yeah anything oh. on the geeks handbag
3: oh i wasn't ready uh yeah i was gonna say i thought there'd be i thought there'd be a little bit of a mix but i thought most of them be positive uh have a quick look on the geeks uh right <laughs> so yeah we did have a few um so charlie turner says it's uh, been donkey's years since i watched this one uh, but what he can remember is it's a bit overrated still good he says eight out of ten i might mean, to give it another watch martin Asquith says this is the one story i think that didn't need the monster shark jack was such a stunning character in his own right mm-hmm. yes patrick sherwood says the cliffhangers to part one and three are one of my favorite scenes in doctor who history love it so much uh, aaron downing dowding sorry says the cliffhanger to part three is possibly one of the greatest in who history yeah uh mark daniel mooney says example of perfect who music cast and script so yeah he loves it um oh patrick Sherwood again says i love this story it's in my top 10 he gives it a 10 out of 10 and finally bradley willard says masterful television there is a script with great depth super superb direction from Graham Harper and outstanding performances from the whole cast. Definitely one of the most gritty and dark doctor who stories of all time. It's one of his absolute favorites. He gives it a 10 out of 10.
0: Wow.
3: Wow. A load of tens there. Yeah. A lot of tens. I must admit, I mean, I know a lot of people love this story and, um, so I was expecting mostly positive. So quite surprised, uh, some people didn't, but it's hmm. good. It's good to get, a, you know, a new perspective. That's the problem. If somebody says something's amazing and you go into it thinking this is going to be amazing, sometimes you are disappointed, aren't you? That's and it true. does get regularly put up there as one of the best. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's it. Thank you so much, though, for um, sending in all your thoughts and clips and so on. Mm. Very, very cool stuff. I think overall, would we recommend it? If you, you've Oh, I- we would, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's probably a-, a couple of other Davison stories to check out before this one, but yeah. still... Still, yeah, go for it. Uh, next week, we're back to our normal run, normal schedule, and so on. So it's newer Doctor Who. What we got next week, buddy?
3: So next week, we're at Christmas. It's come early. We're doing uh, the 10th Doctor's story, Voyage of the
0: Damned. Okay, the 2007 Christmas special with That's Kylie. With,
3: Kylie. I was just going to say, is that the one with Miss Minogue? It Kylie. Is. Yes. I should be lucky. lucky Better like, than the devil you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh it's got that grumpy man in it as well that was they were talking about in the Doctor two magazine recently remember the one that did the interview is it oh, clive something clive, yeah, swift.
0: clive uh, swift
3: why am i even talking to you yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and please tell me the character name of the little red chap with the spikes oh come on balacal no i don't know banna oh i was oh, i was close banna yeah. is it you're almost there ah. yeah. yeah yeah so that's going to be coming next week so, uh, fish out your DVDs or was this one on Blu ray? Unless you picked up series, uh, whatever. Somewhere, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Blu ray DVDs, whatever. Pick them up. And we'll be asking for your reviews and such as normal. Mm. And I think we're going to do there for 166. Six, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us and listening through 166. Some sad news, some pretty good news and some questionable merch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say. Uh, yeah, really pumped though for the Christmas special now. It's just one of those things where you and I are not going to be bloody pierced. I can't and, believe it. bloody well, bloody watch it. <laughs> this should not be allowed this is a sacrilege moment sacrilegious oh, moment I know there we go just I can't our, wait for it now <laughs> better halves to dragging us off to nations afar they've done it on purpose I think I'm sure he just teaches a lesson yeah else? anyways next week Voyager the damned get your stuff together get your notes out or just store it in your head whatever because so we'll be asking for your views on that In the meantime, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on there. Plus, there are now loads of blog articles about various things to do with Doctor Who and news roundups and reviews and all that jazz, which is good. Uh, For the podcast itself, um, you can subscribe um, in iTunes and then all the other podcast networks on most of those and if you are an iTunes listener, a review and a rating would be amazing because that helps us out lots and lots. Also, check out Adam's channel. He runs his own thing called The yes, Geek's Handbag. Yes, Geek's Handbag. Coming at you from somewhere in the middle, yeah, in the middle, of, middle nowhere. of nowhere. Yay. <laughs> so check out Adam's channel, The yeah. Geek's Handbag. Uh, his YouTube channel, just do a search on YouTube for that, but you're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and pretty much everything.
3: <laughs> everything.
0: So yes, just do a search for the Geek's handbag. You'll not be disappointed. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I've often said guaranteed. it yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed. I've often said it, but yeah, if you go onto Adam's YouTube channel just for a video to watch, you'll find yourself an hour later knee deep in geekery. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week. My name's Gary. And my name's Adam. And remember.